0: Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.
1: It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus. Containing 200 mg of natural caffeine,
2: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
3: I'm Margaret Brennan in Washington, and this week on Face the Nation, extreme heat continues to smash records around the world, and tactics being taken by Texas officials at the border to deter migrants come under scrutiny. As July slogs on, so do the miserable temperatures and brutal severe weather episodes that are dominating the summer of 2023.
2: The idea that there's not global warming I think can't be denied by anybody anymore.
3: There's no denying it's hot or that the high temperatures are raising concerns about the future of the planet. But what can be done at this point? We'll talk to Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego. Her city is one of the hottest spots in the country. Then the Justice Department orders the removal of floating barriers in the Rio Grande after reports of injuries to migrants trying to enter the U.S.
4: One of the goals is to slow down and and deter as many of them as possible.
3: We'll ask Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez about some of the measures being used and his new immigration proposal. Plus, the culture wars on the campaign trail intensify as Vice President Kamala Harris blasts new Florida guidelines for teaching black history in schools that suggest some slaves developed useful skills in bondage.
5: They insult us in an attempt
3: to gaslight us,
5: and we will not have it, and
3: we will not have it. Florida Governor and GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis says he wasn't involved, but
6: that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life.
3: We'll talk to former New Jersey Governor and Republican candidate Chris Christie about that and a possible third indictment facing President Trump. Finally, the facts surrounding gender affirming care with the head of the organization that sets the guidelines for treatment, Dr. Marcy Bowers. It's all just ahead on Face the Nation. Good morning and welcome to Face the Nation. The excruciating heat and severe weather continues here in Washington, and more than 75 million Americans are under a hot weather watch today. Here's our Mark Strassman.
7: Phoenix, wilting in the valley of the sunstroke. Dehydration, dizziness, delirium. No surprise given today's forecast a record 24th straight day, with temperatures hitting 110 degrees or more. I've been sweating um, all over my body. People wither in weather this hot, and July's poised to become Earth's hottest month in at least the last 6,500 years. Ask Palm Springs, California, and our Carter Evans. No kids on the playground today, and you can understand why the temperature here on the slide is 171 degrees. Today's forecast will be a continuing meditation on climate change with more dangerous highs expected today. Phoenix, 113, Las Vegas, 113, Tucson, 109. In the US, more than 3,500 temperature records have been set this month alone. Keeping cool can be a matter of life and death. America's leading weather-related killer, not hurricanes, not tornadoes, excessive heat. A heat wave that drives
4: dozens of people or more to an emergency department um, is a mass casualty event.
7: Officially, extreme heat kills roughly 700 people a year. But experts like Dr. Chris Tedeschi, a Columbia University emergency physician, believe the actual death toll is much higher. This is a big stress. And there's a limit. At some point, your body's not made to
4: function in these temperatures it just
7: doesn't work also strained power grids in southern california arizona and texas some areas could see rolling blackouts even the oceans feel heat stress shocking oceanologists temperatures throughout the gulf of mexico and the caribbean up to five degrees warmer than usual that's endangering coral reefs critical because they both nourish sea life and provide a natural barrier against storms heading to shore Later this week, like heat itself, the heat wave and its misery could rise to the country's midsection. More Americans about to sweat through the hottest days in modern history.
3: That's Mark Strassman in Atlanta. We go now to the mayor of Phoenix, Kate Gallego, who joins us from Scottsdale. Good morning to you, uh, Mayor. Every single day this month, it's been 110 or above in your city. I know you're used to hot weather in the desert. But the duration of this heat wave, what has been the impact?
6: The heat has been unrelenting in our community. I am so thankful to our first responders who are out there taking care of people who are vulnerable. To anyone who has to work outdoors, we appreciate what they're doing, and we're urging them to be careful. We got a little bit of precipitation last night, so it was a little bit cooler this morning, and it was a real gift.
3: Uh, The public service, uh, your power grid operator there in Arizona, told us they're marking seven days in a row of the highest customer electricity use ever. So that's a lot of strain, and we're not even into August. Is this sustainable? We have to be innovative, and that is the Phoenix
6: way. We build for extreme temperatures in the summer so that we've made infrastructure investments that help us get out of these challenges, but this summer has has set some tough records. I talk to a lot of mayors because I'm from a city that's known for heat, and sometimes when they have what's for them unusual heat, we can provide useful advice. We are looking at the building materials we choose so that we can maintain less heat and hopefully cool more at night. That's a change that can help long term. We've made some real changes with our fire department and other responders to be more sustainable. And then we have set up a perp- permanent office in the city of Phoenix. I believe I was the first mayor to do so that just focuses on heat response so that when we have good ideas, people know where to go. Are
3: you getting calls from other mayors asking you, how do I deal with this?
6: I spoke a lot this summer with mayors from Texas when we talked about some of the things that our first responders do that might be useful to them. For example, we have mobile cooling units that can go to an emergency site like a fire, where our firefighters can go inside and cool down while they're fighting a tough blaze. Residents have also used those. Sometimes when there's an intense fire, the electricity needs to go down for safety if wires are down, and our residents can go into those mobile cooling units. We even have tactics where we can go out with IVs that have been cooled, and that can cool people from the inside, which can save lives. Mm. Another program we have that's very popular is our cool pavement program. So we are really just looking at how we design the city.
3: IVs to cool people from the inside. Um, Wow. Uh, Can you tell me, you know, you have said that Phoenix has a 100-year water supply. You, You have to show that before you develop. But given these changes, and how extreme they are. Can you actually say that you trust all the plans you have, that the infrastructure you're building is meant to withstand this? Do you need to slow down your development because of this heat?
6: I hold an environmental degree from Harvard, and I worked in water and utilities before running for office. So this is something I believed I was hired to focus on. We take long-term planning very seriously. That 100-year water supply you mentioned is pretty unusual for a planning time frame. Some cities just plan on a matter of years or decades. We are a desert community, and we take that into account when we make any decisions about development. My city council and I just unanimously passed sustainable desert guidelines, which will push so that we use our natural landscaping, much more resilient to the heat and lower water use. We're really pushing on water recycling. We're moving forward with a billion-dollar plan in that area. Mm-hmm. We know that it is going to get hotter and that we need to worry about long-term drought,
3: so we plan ahead. Um, well, I ask you about development. I mean, Arizona and Phoenix are very much on the national stage because of the billions of Taxpayer dollars that are being invested, particularly in semiconductors, computer chips. This is part of President Biden's big plan to make America more sustainable. And a lot of those centers are gonna be based out in Arizona. Um, But then this past week, uh, the world's biggest maker of those computer chips, Taiwan Semiconductor, said they can't find enough skilled workers in your area and they're gonna have to slow everything down. How concerned are you about that problem?
6: We are... Very excited to be the future of semiconductors. It's so important that we're onshoring manufacturing of these essential devices into the United States, and we're going to take an all hands on deck approach to make sure it is successful. President Biden has picked Phoenix as one of the innovation job hubs, and we'll be able to partner with the U.S. Department of Commerce in particular, but across his administration to mm-hmm. do training for our residents. We have a very successful project with our community college where people can get a six-week certificate in semiconductors. That's produced hundreds of graduates so far, but we know we have to turn it up so that we can deliver not just for Arizona, but for the world.
3: Well, we will watch that developing story. Um, Mayor, thank you for your time today. We're joined now by Texas Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez, who's in San Diego, California this morning. Good morning to you.
0: Good morning, Margaret. Thank you for having me.
3: Uh, AS YOU WELL KNOW, THE JUSTICE DEPARTMENT HAS GIVEN GOVERNOR ABBOTT UNTIL 1 P.M. ON MONDAY TO REMOVE THIS FLOATING BARRIER IN THE RIO Grande, WHICH HE SAYS IS IN PLACE TO EXPEL MIGRANTS. Um, DO YOU THINK THIS IS HUMANE AND ACCEPTABLE?
0: Uh, I think the border crisis has been anything but humane. I think you're seeing the governor do everything he possibly can to secure the border, but you have this uh, states versus versus uh, central government uh, nonstop going back and forth. Uh, the, the buoys are are one step. I think you're seeing how desperate a situation is happening in Texas. But what what I'm seeing is uh, people are getting injured. Uh, along the border. People are drowning uh, certainly in that river. I would much rather see not one person step foot in that river vice having to go vice uh, going through these obstacles and other other areas.
3: Right. But the administration says that in one week alone, uh, agents reported dozens of migrants with injuries, including those broken limbs you referenced and drownings, including several children under the age of one. Should those buoys be removed now?
0: I don't think the buoys are the problem. Honestly, Margaret, this has been happening every single week we have seen people drown. Last year there were hundreds of migrants that are drowning. I'm glad it's getting some attention. Uh, I'd much rather see the attention get focused on something else. Uh, the, the reality is the buoy is only a very small little portion of the river, so it, it continues to have these these other obstacles. I, I am concerned, though, that, you know, I've seen reports that, uh, that DPS troopers, uh, over a dozen, have uh, filed complaints about what yeah. is happening happening.
3: The administration is looking at some of these claims being made by Texas troopers and Texas medics. One of them, Nicholas Wingate, had an email that went public. I'm sure you've seen it. He said troopers were ordered to push small children and nursing babies back into the river to deny water to migrants in this extreme heat. He said a pregnant woman who was in the midst of a miscarriage had to be cut out of razor wire she was ensnared in. This is your district. Is this acceptable? These it's not
0: acceptable. It's not acceptable. And it hasn't been acceptable for two years. If this was important to President Biden, I, I'm happy to host him. But in these pass tactics and show specifically,
3: the, this medic is saying they will take measures under the law, but not ones that are inhumane. Are these tactics, in your view, inhumane?
0: All, everything that is happening along the border is 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 just adding fuel to the fire. The governor, no doubt, is doing everything he can to secure the border. But there is a disconnect between what is happening at the top and the person at the ground that is delivering, that is uh, doing the, the actual function. I would be happy to host the President of the United States in Eagle Pass and walk through this situation. To me, Congress has to solve this because we've been waiting on a president for decades to solve this and it's not going to be solved. That's why I introduced the Hire Act. What mm-hmm. the Hire Act does is it focuses on legal immigration. I'm a proponent of legal immigration. Right now, nine out of 10 people that come over illegally do not qualify for asylum. So let's let's stop sending them down this route. I'm excited. This higher act uh, has a dozen Republican co-sponsors and half a dozen Democrat co-sponsors. What it does, it takes work visas from one year to three years. Do you
3: have any pledge from the Speaker of the House that he will put your vote to put your bill to a vote?
0: I've spoken with leaderships on both sides of the aisle. I think this bill has a long way to go. In my eyes, in the 118th Congress, what can get done is something along these lines. We, you know, immigration reform has for so long been focused on the fringes, you know, focused on border security or a pathway to citizenship. This does none of that. This focuses on work visas.
3: Right, it's very, very, very narrow. Um, And it's very, very focused on seasonal workers and extending for a very short period of time, which uh, I understand your broader efforts. But but it's chipping away at a problem In, in the moment we are in. Do you think this immediate crisis at the border, do you have any doubts about the effectiveness of what the state is doing?
0: I I do worry what's happening at all levels, state, local, federal, and what I see is a disconnect. I see distrust. I see Republicans blaming Democrats, Democrats blaming Republicans, and round round and round we go with nothing getting accomplished. The goal of the Higher Act was one simple thing, create trust and put one step forward.
3: In terms of the policies in place right now at the border, uh, a California judge is poised to potentially throw out some of the Biden uh, border policies that were put in place Because they are characterized as too restrictive, okay. um, this would declare migrants ineligible for asylum if they enter illegally or fail to seek protection in another country. That's the current policy. The court may throw that out. What do you think will happen? Um, And do you think the administration deserves any credit for what they have put in place?
0: The, the numbers are absolutely down, but we're still on track for 100,000 people coming over illegally a month. These are still historic numbers. They are down. I'd much rather see the administration instead of focusing on illegal immigration, because right now nine out of 10 people that, that claim asylum aren't gonna get asylum. So stop sending them down this dead end road. I would much rather partner with the administration or anyone on legal immigration. There's no talk of legal immigration. There's no talk of increasing legal pathways. It's only what happens when People are here illegally.
3: So Homeland Security and the secretary deserve some credit for the numbers being down, but you're just saying it's insufficient.
0: Well, I mean, there's a lot. They do deserve some credit for the numbers being down, but there's a lot of reasons for that. It's also 115 degrees in Texas right now, so uh, you know a lot of people are waiting until a cooler part of the year to come over. But once again, I don't want one person to step one foot in that river illegally. Yeah. What if there's a route where they didn't have to be smuggled in a train? What if the, you know the Hire Act got passed and people can come over and work legally, not having to live in the shadows, have to live, you know, can, can be able to, to 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 live their lives most people are coming here for one reason, Margaret, and that's economic purposes. Mm
3: -hmm. I also want to ask you about other bipartisan efforts you have undertaken uh, for school safety and around guns. Uvalde is in your district um, and you championed the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which was put in place after the Uvalde massacre. So why is it that schools in your district are being denied grants that they were supposed to be given under this law?
0: I had a discussion with the Attorney General on this, and uh, and to his credit, you know, we're working together on it. There, there's a couple of things. One is, um, honestly, the money is just not going to the places it needs to go, that's one. Another area is, a lot of times these rural communities, I'll give you a brief example, Marfa, Texas, small West Texas community, they have four police officers. If they were to get this grant, it would take them from four to five. They were ecstatic about it. They stayed up until 11 o'clock, filling out this grant the best they could. So a large part of that is is getting the help need.
3: Understood. And thank you, Congressman, for your time today. Face the Nation will be right back. Stay with us.
5: You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Oh. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient, comfortable. Ah.
3: We turn now to the 2024 Republican presidential primary and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who joins us now from Bayhead, New Jersey, this morning. Good morning to you.
8: I wanna, Good morning, Margaret.
3: I want to get uh, to a number of issues with you, one of which right up top are these culture wars. Um, Vice President Kamala Harris, as you know, is taking aim at this Florida guideline in terms of new educational standards, a component of which says, and I'm quoting, slaves develop skills which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Governor DeSantis, who signed a law requiring changes in how race be beca- taught in schools, said this was all written by scholars. Here's exactly what he said.
6: I didn't do it and I wasn't involved in it. Um, but I think um, I think what they're doing is I think that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into into doing things later later in life.
3: I wonder what you think of this controversy and how it reflects on your party.
8: Well, I think two things, Margaret. First of all, I didn't do it and I'm not involved in it are not the words of leadership. Um, You know, look, Governor DeSantis started this fire with the bill that he signed, and now he doesn't want to take responsibility for whatever is done um, in the aftermath of it. And from listening and watching his comments, he's obviously uncomfortable. The second part of this is, This is why one of the reasons I'm running, Margaret, you know, we're we're arguing about these issues, um, these smaller issues. When we've got big issues in our country, like runaway inflation that continues to hurt families, like an educational system. Instead of worrying about this, let's talk about the falling test scores throughout this country that are making us less competitive with the with the rest of the world. Um, You know, we have enormous issues to deal with in this country and around the world, and we're spending time. And I don't blame you for asking, but we're spending time on this as the first question to a presidential candidate right. on a Sunday morning. You know, the fact is that Governor DeSantis starts these things for political advantage. He tries to take political advantage of them. And then yeah. he says, I-, I don't know. I didn't do it. I wasn't involved. I mean, that's that's not leadership, Margaret.
3: I understand the point you're making. But just to be very clear, when you said focusing on smaller issues, the issue of race is incredibly Divisive in this country. You're not referring to that as one of the smaller issues.
8: No, I'm talking about uh, a governors micromanaging curriculum um, mm-hmm. in in schools. Uh, and and the fact is that you know if this was such a big issue for Governor DeSantis, he had four years to do this. Yeah. He only started to focus on this when he decided he wanted to run for president and try to get to the right of Donald Trump. And so I think people see this as politically manipulative. And, and I'm talking about, Margaret, we're dividing our country into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces. Yeah. And politicians are pitting them against each other to create conflict. And that's not going to make the country bigger, better, stronger or freer. But if we improve our entire educational system so our kids' test scores are not going down but going up Mm -hmm. and they could get great jobs and be more competitive with the rest of the world, that's the kind of thing a president should be inspiring people to do.
3: Understood. On the the issue, though, of parental rights, which has been a huge focus of so many Republican candidates, back when you were governor in New Jersey, you signed bills to protect transgender residents. Why do you think— you're one of the few Republicans um, not embracing these culture wars when pretty much everyone else in the field is embracing them?
8: Well, listen, Margaret, I have very clear views on this, that parents should be making these decisions inside their families with their children, the same way parents should be deciding, in my view, and we're going to be talking about this in the coming weeks, um, where their children should be going to school. And, and, and how they should be educated since our public education system in so many places are failing folks. So mm-hmm. I want to be very clear about this. I'm obviously, as a parent, concerned and aware of these issues. But parents should be making these decisions. Parents should be the ones who work with their children to work through some of these difficult problems. And let's yeah. remember something else on the transgender issue with minors, Margaret. You know, you're talking about over the last three years, less than a thousand miners who have been involved in this um, in terms of transitioning in a a country of 330 million people. That's what I'm talking about in terms of small. It's not that the issues don't matter. It's that they don't matter to the great vast number of people in this country who want to be helped.
3: Understood. I have to take a break, Governor. We're going to come back with you in a minute and finish the conversation. Stay with us if you miss an episode or any interviews on face the nation you can find it on our website or go to our youtube page just search face the nation we'll be right back with a lot more face the nation so stay with us
1: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's com slash Wondery.
3: Welcome back to Face the Nation, and we return now to our conversation with former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, who is, of course, a presidential candidate uh, vying for the Republican nomination. Um, Governor I also want to tap into your expertise uh, as a former prosecutor. There are so many legal issues uh, in this campaign, um, and I want to ask you about one involving the president's son, Hunter Biden, who's going to appear in court this week to plead guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges and will enter into an agreement that could avert conviction on a gun-related charge. the deal has infuriated many congressional Republicans who are holding their own hearings. And I wonder, after this plea happens, if you would advise your party to move on.
8: No, I wouldn't, Margaret, and here's why. Um, it's, it, the conduct here by the U.S. attorney in Delaware um, and by the Justice Department, it, it just can't be justified. It doesn't take five years, Margaret. I, as you mentioned, I, I was the U.S. Attorney in the fifth largest office in the country for seven years during the Bush administration. It does not take five years to, to investigate two misdemeanor tax counts and to dismiss a gun charge. Um, and we need to know what they were investigating and why these are the charges they concluded to. This is not just any person. This is the son of the President of the United States. And while justice needs to be equal, it needs to be equal. And it doesn't appear to me that this is the way to do it. And I would say one thing on the gun charge. I mean, this is a case where Democrats yell and scream for more new gun laws in the country. Yet you hear no Democrat yelling about the fact that Hunter Biden intentionally lied on his gun permit application, mishandled the gun after he received it with a false permit application Mm -hmm. and faces absolutely no penalty. Guess what? The guy who sponsored that law was mm-hmm. his father, Senator Joe Biden. And that's, that charge carries a 10-year sentence, Margaret. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to explain, they need to explain to yeah. the public why that was done. So, no, I don't think it's time to move on.
3: Uh, And you know that the U.S. attorney in Delaware was appointed by former President Trump. Um, on, On issues...
8: Incompetent, Margaret. It doesn't matter whether... Margaret, it doesn't matter whether you're appointed by a Republican or a Democrat. If your work appears to be incompetent and inexplicable, you need to explain it so we can have confidence in our justice system. And I don't care whether Mr. Weiss is a Republican or a Democrat. He owes the American people an explanation.
3: Uh, the former Vice President Mike Pence was on another network this morning and said, while the former president's actions on January 6th were reckless, uh, he's not convinced they're criminal. Are you? Um, and, and why do you think other Republicans are moving away from this traditional sort of law and order identity that they typically embraced in the past?
8: Look, I think because they're afraid of Donald Trump. And, and look, the fact is I don't know and I want to see any indictment that may come. And when I do, it, then I'm happy to come back on and give you a complete yeah. evaluation of what I think of the effectiveness of the charges if they come. But what I will tell you is, I heard Tim Scott yesterday um, say that like, well, it's not really the president's fault. Well, the president invited them there. He incited them by telling them the election had been stolen And then he requested that they march up to the Capitol. And, of course, like Donald Trump, said that he would march with them and then immediately marched right back to the safety of the White House and watched what went on. Now, I want to see what evidence the, uh, the special counsel has before I make that decision. I think that's the wise thing to do. But please, for folks, I'm disappointed in Tim that he would be sitting out there saying it's really not the president's responsibility. The president invited them there. Yeah. The president lied to them and told them the election was stolen. The president asked them to march up to Capitol Hill while the votes were to be counted. And and the president sat there in the White House and did nothing while should the that, attack went on.
3: Should that amount to insurrection or sedition charges, which we don't know to be the case at this point?
8: Well, Margaret, I, you know, I, I loved when I was U.S. attorney, I used to say I love that the job because only I know what I know. I want to see what all of the evidence is that the special counsel has put together to decide whether I would charge something like that or not. But here's one thing, you know, for sure. Um, I will not dodge the question, Margaret. When the indictment is out, I will give a flat out okay. answer about whether I would have charged it or I wouldn't have. And, and until that time, I think it's irresponsible on either side um, to, to do that.
3: Okay, And lastly, uh, the Republican National Committee is urging the former president to appear on the debate stage. I know you will be there. Um, Do you think anything other than these legal issues could be discussed if Mr. Trump is on it?
8: Absolutely. We should, we should discuss, uh, Margaret, why he said he was going to repeal and replace Obamacare and couldn't get it done when he had a Republican Congress. We should discuss why he promised to build a wall across the entire border and completed 52 miles of new wall in four years. At that pace, Margaret, he'd need 110 more years as president to finish the wall. Why he said he was going to balance the budget and he added $6 trillion to the national yep. debt in four years. Look, people want to have these debates on stage. Go to chrischristie.com and donate to me. That means I'll be on this stage for all of the debates. And I will hold Donald Trump personally responsible for failing us on what he promised us when I was on that stage with him in 2016.
3: Chris Christie, I think we'll be seeing you back here. You've invited yourself a few times. We're inviting you as well, Governor. Uh, We now turn to the current governor of the state of New Jersey, Democrat Phil Murphy, who joins us from Middletown. Uh, Good morning to you, uh, Mr. Governor. I want to pick up on some of the things we just discussed there, including um, when it comes to transgender care in your state, because I know your administration has sued three New Jersey school districts for adopting policies to tell parents, if their children are showing signs of changing their gender identity. Why is Mr. Christie wrong when he says parents are the ones who knows, know best here and they should be involved?
4: With you, Let me say unequivocally, I will not be going to chrischristie.com. Uh, listen, we took these actions because it's the right thing to do to protect these precious young people. This is a complete culture war uh, and by the way, Chris Christie was really bad for the LGBTQIA community, and he underfunded public education by $9 billion, with a B dollars. So with all due respect to the governor, uh, I'm not sure he's got much of a leg to stand on. But parents are always involved, it's certainly in our administration, they're always at the table and they always will be. But let's be smart about this, let's protect the rights of these precious kids, let's do things the right way, the American way. And uh, and I think if we do that in a spirit of respecting everyone's rights, uh, yeah. protecting the LGBTQIA community, we'll land in a good place.
3: Well, uh, one of the attorneys for a school board in Marlborough, one of these districts said that this um, blocking of a school counselor or a staff member from telling a parent about this is a violation of a constitutional right for a parent to direct and control the upbringing of their children. Why isn't that compelling?
4: Obviously, parents are the, the, the existential uh, reality in, in, in the upbringing of any child, without question. I don't deny that for one second. But let's not violate the constitution, uh, constitutional and civil rights of precious young folks, in many cases, who are coming to grips with life and, as, they, as they grow up and grow older. Let's be respectful of that. Let's be all in this together as opposed to this us versus them, this Mm -hmm. demonizing. And when that happens, invariably, it's the LGBT community that gets particularly trans uh, uh, folks who get behind the eight ball.
3: I want to ask you about what's happening in your state, but you are also a Biden surrogate. um, And yet you decided this week to sue the Biden Department of Transportation and the Federal Highway Association to stop something called congestion pricing, which is meant to cut back on pollution and traffic by charging drivers when they enter lower Manhattan. A lot of people in your state commute there. If you are a green governor, how can you oppose this policy that was signed off on by the Biden administration?
4: First of all, uh, I support Joe Biden unequivocally. We do so much together. On this one, we don't see, uh, see it the same way. And at the end of the day, the buck stops with me for standing up for the residents of our state. Secondly, this will worsen pollution in New Jersey. Uh, congestion pricing, the MTA in New York City has admitted it. This is a financial fix more than it is an environmental fix. And the loser here right now are New Jersey commuters and New Jersey communities. And I will not let that stand. We have, in fact, filed uh, a suit against the Federal Highway Administration. God willing, we can land in a good place. And it's not like we don't have good bona fides, Margaret. Uh, we have the number one since we got here, six years running, the number one environmental track record of any state in America. We care deeply mm-hmm. about it. This is bad for the environment in New Jersey, not good for it.
3: If it's bad for the environment, then tell me why the MTA said that the 4,000-page environmental assessment was supervised at every stage and specifically approved by the Biden administration. The governor of New York says this thing is, is happening. Environmentalists have studied it.
4: Yeah, not so fast, uh, with all due respect. They took a shortcut at the Federal Highway Administration. What they should have done with us at the table, given how this impacts New Jersey, and this is what we're suing for, is to do what they call a full-blown environmental impact study. Now, it may take a while, uh, but it's worth it. And at the end of the day, listen, if we had had the two new rail tunnels built under the Hudson River, which, by the way, Chris Christie canceled, or if we had the shiny new Port Authority bus terminal, uh, which, again, he dragged his feet on, uh, we'd be in a different place. Our commuters would have alternatives. Those alternatives finally are coming to pass, but it'll take a while longer. At the moment, those don't exist.
3: That was was an interesting turn back to Chris Chris Christie on that. I'll give you that. Uh, On the politics front, since you're there... I lived in New York a long time, so I I know uh, this issue. Um, But for those who are elsewhere in the country, let's go national here. Um, Nikki Haley, in particular, has focused in on the vice president, Kamala Harris, in a lot of her rhetoric. uh, And she's done it as a way of pointing to President Biden's age. Um, The RNC is posting frequently clips from her speeches, flubs. They are really taking aim at her. Why do you think Republicans have calculated it is a good strategy and that the vice president makes Democrats vulnerable.
4: I mean, this is a classic us versus them playbook that, the unfortunately, the other party too often than not uh, wheels out. And it's frankly offensive. Uh, She is an icon. She is an icon in the South Asian community, in the African-American community, among millions of women in this country. Um, I frankly think it's offensive. And I think at the end of the day, it's a losing strategy. Folks want to... Focus on the, the strength of our country. The Biden-Harris team has delivered 13 million jobs. Mm-hmm. Over 50, It's been over 50 years since unemployment has stayed this low, under 4%. Okay. Uh, the investment in infrastructure, the investment in communities, yep. at the end of the day, the record will win out.
3: All right, Governor, thank you for sticking with us. and I know we've had audio issues, so I appreciate um, your patience. We'll be right back. We're joined now by Dr. Marcy Bowers. She is a surgeon and one of the nation's leading experts on gender-affirming health care, also the president of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health, which sets global standards for care for doctors in the field. Thank you for being here.
9: Thank you, Margaret, for having me.
3: We've you've heard our guests talk yes. about transgender issues in the political sense. We've now seen 21 different states pass laws restricting access. Um, and so I, I want to understand a little bit more about what that access actually looks like. You know, the governor of Utah was here and said there's an explosion in his state of interest. Are you seeing that as a doctor?
9: Yes. I mean, there has been an increase in demand for services. But keep in mind, uh, trans identities have been with us since the antiquities. I mean, the time of the Bible and uh, in literature and art history, I mean, there's examples of people throughout. So experts feel that the incidence has actually never changed. And, but what we are seeing is more people feeling comfortable coming out. Mm-hmm. And so that explains the rise.
3: So there's a spectrum here, though, from identity all the way to surgery. So how common is it with surgery um, for someone under the age of 18 to be able to access it?
9: Uh, Surgery really is not done uh, under the age of 18, except in severe cases, usually top surgery for transmasculine persons. And even that is rare. I think the estimates are something like uh, 57 uh, surgeries under the age of 18 were done for trans individuals. Uh, So the majority of people, though, that are that do identify as TGD or transgender diverse uh, don't access even uh, medicine or surgery. It's just a feeling of uh, maleness and femaleness that, uh, that differs from their uh, birth assigned gender. Mm-hmm. And uh, gender identity being diverse has lots of inputs, not just hormones, not just chromosomes, not assigned uh, gender, but, uh, but a variety of inputs. And, uh, and that reflects the, uh, the, the numbers. But they're, they're low, uh, and they'll always be low. The current estimates are about 0.6% of the population, which is about 1.6 million people. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be as high as two or 3%, um, but it'll never be much uh, more than that. Uh, the majority of people still identify and are very comfortable with their binary uh, assignments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but this is a, a vulnerable population uh, that deserves healthcare.
3: So it deserves health care. There are other treatments as well, hormone therapies and the like. A lot of these laws that are recently becoming or taking hold are aimed at this young segment of the population. How much research is there into the effects of puberty blockers and hormone treatments of people in this age group?
9: Right. Well, we have decades of experience with uh, with trans treatment overall, Anna, and, and that shows unequivocally that treatment is beneficial. But in this age group, we really, we've only been treating uh, with uh, hormone blockers, uh, which is the point of real controversy that, uh, that people are after uh, since the late 2000s. Uh, but, in that time, there has been uh, research, especially from uh, groups in, uh, in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. but increasingly here as well, and experience with this, and this, the results are similar. We're seeing, uh, certainly, very high levels of satisfaction, improved self-esteem, reduced suicidality, um, uh, so, uh, so they seem similar to what we've, we've already witnessed in adult populations. Um, but the controversy is that I think people feel like this number is increasing and it's going to, like, envelop their children and, and, uh, and spread like a contagion, which is just really a, a false narrative.
3: Um, you know, there has been controversy regarding your particular group, which set some of these parameters, because they removed age guidelines from the surgery recommendations. Why did you take the age guidelines out?
9: Well, the point of that is that, first of all, the, the, what was uh, leaked apparently was the, the draft guidelines, which we were going to consider younger uh, age groupings. Uh, but but uh, the important point is that uh, care is individualized, and so uh, age isn't really the issue. Uh, generally, it's adulthood, and uh, except in severe cases. And uh, you know, again, a draft guideline means it gets input from around the world. Uh, with available science that, that uh, provides input and consensus. So this is what the WPATH standards of care are all about. They're consensus and science-based guidelines. And, uh, and I want to add though mm-hmm. that, uh, that you know, some people say the science is settled. I never say the science is settled. I really feel like science is always evolving. Mm-hmm. Medicine is always looking for new input and new data. Um, but what we see is, is promising, and again, this very small subset of the population uh, is, is uh, worthy of that care, and it seems to be beneficial.
3: So uh, one of the things that we heard on this program from the governor of Utah was that he felt that some of the organizations, like even the American Academy of Pediatrics, were too political on this issue. Um, what science are you looking at where you think the politics aren't interfering?
9: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, uh, you know, what, what the uh, critics are looking for is what they call level one evidence. Now, level one evidence would require a systematic review of all uh, randomized controlled studies uh, in this area. And uh, if you look anywhere else in medicine, uh, about half of what we now accept as routine treatment in, in any field is not guided by level one evidence. Level one. Take for example, uh, cancer treatment or right. cleft palate surgery, diabetes care. None of those have level one evidence, uh, because uh, to do so you would have to induce uh, introduce a placebo. Yeah. In other words, a non-treatment to that group. But can you imagine uh, offering someone who has cancer non-treatment?
3: You're saying I mean, there are it would be unethical. There's a different benchmark. You're saying is being applied here, doctor. Thank you for your explanations. I appreciate it. We'll be right back.
5: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle.
7: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: We turn now to Ukraine where the Russians have staged unrelenting attacks on the port city of Odessa. Our Charlie Daggett filed this report from the region.
2: Through the darkness and debris following the bombardment of Ukraine's Black Sea port cities. Rescuers shout out, is anybody here? Even in the daily reality of war, it's still hard to see civilians bearing the brunt of it. In rare access to recaptured territories, we pass through the ruins of Vremivka. Pre-war population 1,300, now just 15 people, including Victor and Lubia, who happily invited us in, amid the constant thump of artillery rounds. These explosions don't bother you?
3: No, those are
2: far away, Lubia reassures us. For us, this is like silence. (laughs) You call it silence? Wow. But Victor says it wasn't that far away that morning, with helicopters hovering overhead in support of ground troops. Lubia's smile never disappeared, even as she cut flowers for her 92-year-old mother, who passed away over the winter. Soldiers helped bury her in the yard. The graveyard was too dangerous. We eventually made our way to the neighborhoods recaptured by Ukrainian troops in recent days. Here, on the very edge of newly liberated territory, not a building has been left untouched. The Ukrainians have managed to push the Russian front line back, but the Russians keep attacking what's left of this place. They call areas like this the Zero Line, frontline towns and villages under constant bombardment, like Orki. We last went there in May, when we met Deputy Mayor Svetlana Mondrich, running a community center for residents who chose to stay despite the incredible risks. This is like a little village inside a village. It's like civilization amid all the devastation, she said back then that's until around two weeks ago when a direct hit from a guided russian missile destroyed everything killing seven and injuring 13. svetlana had just left 20 minutes before the strike i'm glad you're okay but she's not okay she's only now found the strength to talk about it when we last saw you you were very positive very optimistic very proud of that center Today, you look broken. I'm not broken, she said. It's just that my heart and my body have been shattered into lots of tiny pieces. But I am not broken.
3: That's our Charlie Dagoda in Ukraine. We'll be right back. That's going to do it for us today. Until next week. For Face the Nation, I'm Margaret Brennan. Today's guests were Phoenix Mayor Kate Gallego, Republican presidential candidate and former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, Republican Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez, the current governor of New Jersey, Democrat Phil Murphy, and Dr. Marcy Bowers, a surgeon and the president of the World Professional Association for Transgender Health. The executive producer of Face the Nation is Mary Hager. This broadcast was directed by Shelly Schwartz. Face the Nation originates in CBS News in Washington. For more Face the Nation, we're online at facethenation.com, and you can follow Face the Nation and CBS Radio News on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Face the Nation is also rebroadcast on our CBS News streaming network on Sundays at 1.30, 4, 10 p.m. Eastern, and again at 4 a.m. the next morning. And it's available through our apps, CBS News and Paramount+.
7: A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I'm 54,
2: so basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right?
10: Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference.
2: Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going...
10: (laughs) Hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes.
2: I like three minutes.
10: Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle.
2: I like that too.
10: Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. You know that feeling like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school can feel like that. But when you find the right tools, Suddenly, everything just clicks. FindSomethingNew.org offers resources that help develop new skills. Skills that can position you for careers in today's growing industries, from healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Find your path to a new career at FindSomethingNew.org. A message from the Ad Council.
0: If you like Face the Nation with Margaret Brennan, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com slash survey.
5: Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say... What is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast